It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company that provides life-changing nutrition information. And I'm excited about today's topic. It's how to feed your child or your teen so that they have optimal brain health. We all want what is best for our children, and we're going to give you some information and some tips that might not be what you're hearing in headline news. Before we get into our topic, I'd like to introduce myself and my co-host, I'm Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. And I'm here with Leah Wetzel, who is also a licensed nutritionist, certified nutrition spe- specialist. She also resides on the Minnesota Board of Dietetics and Nutrition recently. Congratulations. Thank you, Kara. That's really cool. So I see clients at our Wyzetta office, and Leah is at our new Mendota Heights office. Yes. And we're both moms and intent on feeding our young kids the best possible foods to ensure their health for years to come. My daughter's name is Olivia, and she's going to be three in a couple of weeks. I'll just give a quick fun fact about (laughs) Olivia. She just started her soccer. It's for two to three-year-olds. really cute. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is she lasts about 10 minutes, and then she points to the park that's nearby, because she would much rather go to the park than kick this ball around the field. So that's pretty funny. Um, and Leah is yes. Oliver's mom. And yeah. Leah, could you just tell a quick fun fact about, I, I want to sure. say baby Oliver, but he's a big boy now. Oh, I know. He likes to call himself a big boy. <laughs> Does he? Yes. Yes. So he's a year and a half now. And um, fun fact about Oliver, he is just talking up a storm. So it's really fun to see him, just his personality come out and kind of what comes out of his mouth. Um, and he, as far as activities go, he's been really into swimming, so oh. which has been great. He's not really afraid of the water. It's wonderful. But we go to the park to play at the park, and a lot of the parks have pools or next to lakes and around the Twin Cities, and he just wants to go right into the water. So <laughs> they always want to go somewhere yes, else. That's what right. you're not doing. <laughs> so it's been really, it's been really fun um, as he's getting older. That's great. Yeah. He's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and today's topic is just it's such a, a an important topic. And, of course, you know, as parents, we want to take measures that will set up our kids to succeed when it comes to brain health. But often when uh, there is misinformation coming from different sources like TV, the Internet or fad diets, we, you know, we we really want to talk about the science based information and how to nurse the child's brain starting from conception all the way up through adolescence. And I want to first touch on what type of brain issues kids are dealing with That's these right, days. Because there's a lot. And so a couple that our listeners know about are ADD and ADHD, which mm-hmm. is attention deficit disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Mm-hmm. And autism, apraxia, which is delayed speech and other de- de- developmental delays, learning problems or learning disabilities, mood issues, just like adults have yep, depression and anxiety, right. kids can as well. Behavior problems, aggression, and hostility. Yeah. And these conditions and diagnoses are becoming more and more common 
According to a number from the Center for Disease Control in 2013, one in five high school boys was diagnosed with ADHD, and 11% of school-aged children have this diagnosis. Most are put on medications that can lead to some negative side effects. Uh, We have a great show about ADHD, and that was featured in March this year. So if you want to learn more specifics about ADHD, you can go onto our website at weightandwellness.com and select Listen to Past Radio Shows and type in the ADHD, and you'll find that Mm -hmm. show. And I highly recommend to go and listen to that because there's a lot of great, valuable information. Mm -hmm. It was a really good show. That ADHD is one issue that falls under the umbrella term childhood mental disorder. Other conditions falling in the same category are mood and anxiety disorders, Mm -hmm. autism spectrum disorders, behavior disorders, and substance abuse disorders. Yes. And the Institute of Medicine estimates that um, up to one in five children in the United States experience one of these mental disorders in a year. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And these are complex issues, and for many of these issues, we are not saying that nutrition is the one answer that will reverse this disorder. But in certain cases, the right nutrition can reverse this disorder, which is huge. And in other cases, it can reduce symptoms and often dramatically. Mm -hmm. So here's an interesting fact. The human brain isn't fully developed until late adolescence, or in the case of males, sometimes early adulthood. So what does this mean in terms of feeding our kids and teens for optimal brain health and functioning, Leah? It means that we need to feed our other children's brains um, and have an impact on their brain health. And this is from conception all the way up to uh, adolescence and possibly, like you just talked about for males, up to adulthood. So it's never too early to start learning what foods are going to best fuel your child's brain. If you're a woman considering pregnancy or if you're already pregnant, the foods you eat can have a huge impact on your baby's brain. That's right. And if you're the parent of a toddler or a preschooler like Leah and I, yeah. the foods that we're giving our children have an impact on their brains as well. So if you have a child that's in elementary school, middle school, or high school, the foods you feed them have an impact on their brains. It's never too early to start, and it's also never too late to make changes and improvements. So the first recommendation we want to make is to never feed children of any age a low-fat or a fat-free diet. That's right. This is really, really important. The number one brain food for our kids and our teens is healthy fat. I know it, and often underlooked. And as many parents know, especially when it comes to, to, to young children, that uh, from birth to two years of age, your baby should be getting 40 to 50% of their calories from fat in their diet. So example would be of this would be like six tablespoons of fat per day. And about 40 to 50% of calories in breast milk comes from fat. And since breast milk is considered the perfect food for growing babies, and it's high in fat, it makes sense that fat would be important for brain health and neurological development, not to mention organ growth and bone growth. It's very, Mm -hmm. very important. And the most rapid brain growth occurs during the first year of life, with the infant's brain actually tripling in size by their first birthday. That's amazing. And most of the calories the infant is drinking are are used up for making brain cell membrane and myelin sheath around each nerve. And it makes sense that getting enough fat and the right kinds of fat can 
greatly affect brain development and brain performance. There were human studies done showing that infants under the age two who consumed a fat-restricted diet or a low-fat diet, yep. they suffered from growth failure. And this was, you know, height and weight. Yep. Ideally, healthy fats should not be restricted while a child is still growing. So what does that mean? Well, we just got done saying that yes. a child's brain really is not done growing until adolescence and possibly adulthood. Yeah. So that's just one reason that we at Nutritional Weight and Wellness are not proponents of low-fat eating because low-fat eating does not support the brain. Yeah. And some parents may be concerned about whether their child will gain weight unless they restrict fat. Problems with weight gain in children are much more likely to happen from eating sugary foods and desserts or too many processed carbohydrates like cereal, pasta, crackers, and bread and from drinking sweetened beverages such as juice, soda, or chocolate milk, or even too much regular milk. So we, we say this term, healthy fat, and yes. we say children should be eating healthy fat. That's kind of a general term. Let's give an example of a healthy fat versus an unhealthy fat. Great idea. So healthy fat is a term we use for fat that's close to its original form and that doesn't have a lot of processing done to it. An example of a very healthy fat is butter. Butter is not processed. In fact, you could take a jar of heavy whipping cream, which we do this in our weight and wellness class. <laughs> I know, I love I that just, experiment. Yeah, that I was do, just teaching this class, uh, the weekend series, class two of the weight and wellness. Mm -hmm. We actually do this exercise where we take heavy whipping cream and we put it in a jar and we shake it and we make butter. That's all you need mm -hmm. to do to make butter. Yeah, so that's about as original form as you can get. That's right. As far as like not processing something. That's right. Other healthy fats that have not had a processing done to them are olive oil. Yeah. Coconut oil and coconut milk. That's right. Olives, avocados, nuts and seeds. And healthy fat is also coming from full-fat dairy products. That's right. So we want to avoid all the low-fat dairy products and stick to full-fat. Sometimes this is going to be labeled as whole milk, like whole milk yogurt, sure. for example. Yep, great. Well, when we get back from break, maybe we'll go into more specifics of what kind of dairy products that we need to avoid and ones we should eat. Sounds like a great idea. Um, well, it's time for us to take our first break. Our topic is brain-building foods for kids and teens. And so far, we've talked about how healthy fat is the most important nutrient for brain development, development and support. There are a lot of reasons kids are not getting fat in their diets. Yes. And I'd like to draw attention to a few common reasons that we see as nutrition counselors and teachers. You know, some parents and caregivers believe that low-fat eating is healthy and they feed their families low-fat meals and snacks. And there are misconceptions that low-fat food is better for heart health, and low-fat food will also lead to weight loss. So, again, these are misconceptions. Yes. Healthy fat like butter, olive oil, avocados, coconut, nuts, full-fat dairy, egg yolks, and high-quality animal fats are needed for growing baby, kid, and teen brains. That's right. So if you're someone that has concerns about eating fat, I'd encourage you to listen to any of our past radio shows. We give science-based information. Um, our website is weightandwellness.com. You can hear shows and read articles about how healthy fats are good for your heart and how they actually help with weight loss. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Please give us a call today if you have a question about feeding your child. Uh, the studio line is 651-641-1071. 
When my family starts with, what's for dinner, what's for dinner, sometimes I feel the answer is a plate of desperation with a big side of stress. With no plan, it's too easy to hit the drive through or the deli for a meal that's overpriced and overprocessed. But now there's an answer to the daily dining dilemma, the Weight and Wellness Way Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. Because it's a cookbook, it's got recipes sure to become family favorites. Because it's a nutrition guide, it explains how to eat for good health. You'll feel good, too, eating real food that tastes delicious. The nutrition educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness have helped thousands of people use nutrition science to feel their best. And now you can find their wisdom summed up in one book. Then the next time they start with, what's to eat? You can say wild rice meatballs or easy almond chicken or an egg bake for brunch. Real food and real nutrition will make it real easy with the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. Get your copy for $24.95 at any Nutritional Weight and Wellness location or online at weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Vision of Nutrition. I'm Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Car Carper, who's also a licensed nutritionist. Today's topic is brain-building foods for kids and teens. The brain continues to make connections and grow even through during adolescence. So teens still need healthy fats to support their brains. Many pre-teenagers and teens are concerned about weight and decide to restrict calories and fat for weight loss. We encourage parents to teach children of all ages the importance of eating healthy fats for brain health and also to teach them the difference between good and bad fats. We will continue to talk about this through the show today. It's very important. Mm -hmm. I know. We keep kind of reiterating the same yes. thing, but it's a lot of people don't know this. It might be new information. That's right. And, you know, so. as, as we know that healthy fats are, are really important for adults, but they're crucial for kids. Even more important for kids. For babies, exactly. kids, teens. They really need that. So before break, we were just starting to touch on, you know, some of those healthy fats and what they are and full fat dairy. That's right. Great. That's right. And I was wondering if you could just get a little more detailed on the yogurt. And uh, yeah. There's yeah. Because so there's there. so many low fat yogurts and dairy products on the shelf. They like dominate a lot of the grocery store mm -hmm. shelves. Um, and so, you know, I'll, the best to do um, is to is to hunt for that full fat yogurt, full fat cottage cheese, whole milk, full fat cream cheese, full fat sour cream, full fat salad dressings. I think you're getting the picture. And there are options. There mm -hmm. definitely are options at the grocery store. But it's still, we're seeing so much. There's more low-fat and fat-free. Yeah. They're seeing the dairy. It's still a lot yeah. of low-fat options. But full-fat tastes so much better. That's what our clients say when That's they start right. eating the full-fat foods. That's like, right. Oh, my gosh. It tastes so good. I know it. And with dairy products, it is best to try and get organic when possible. That's right. That way you will avoid the possibility of excess hormones that may have been pumped into the cattle for fattening or for increased milk production of the cows. That's why they give the cows hormones. So you avoid that if you have organic dairy. That's right. And if you're wondering why full-fat foods are important for health of our child's brains, it's because the brain is made up of approximately 60% fat. And because our brains are mostly fat, the fats that our children are eating will either support the brain or damage it. So think about that. Every time your child has a fat, is it a good one or a bad one? It's either going to support it or damage the brain. That's right. And we talk about many, uh, about many of the good healthy fats. But unfortunately, it's often the unhealthy fats the kids of all ages seem to be getting 
most people don't know that fast food, most people know that fast food is not healthy, but do they know why that it's not healthy? Yeah, it's easy to just say, oh, yeah, I know McDonald's is bad or whatever. But some parents have not been given the information, which is that fast food has some of the unhealthiest fats out there. Yes. Um, Fast food is either going to have trans fats, which would be hydrogenated oils, or highly refined vegetable oils. And, you know, those highly processed vegetable oils become rancid when heated. Yes. So think about like a huge vat of French fries being heated up in a rancid oil. That sounds pretty disgusting. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it is, though. And our cells are surrounded by membranes of fat. So it makes sense that by eating healthy fats, we are supporting healthy cell membranes that are fluid and flexible and allowing for easy communication from cell to cell. Easy cell communication leads to happier and more balanced moods, clearer thoughts, sharper memory, focus, and attention. And on the flip side, the unhealthy fats, like the ones coming from French fries, for example, they create rigid, hard cell membranes. So the cells in the brain will not be able to communicate as effectively. Yes. And this can lead to a lot of brain-related problems. Like we often talk about in class, like crusty cells. Right, not flexible and pliable yes. and communicating, hard for but things hard, crusty cell. Mm-hmm. So for kids, what this means is, you know, they're more likely to have health problems with uh, brain-related health problems like m- poor moods, mm-hmm. um, behavior and learning issues. Yep. And that's, you know, bad fats can definitely contribute to that. That's right. As we get older, the bad fats lead to other things, inflammatory diseases like cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes. But with kids, it does seem to be more of like the focus, attention, and behavior. Yep, yep. And just to explain on bad fats, they are not only coming from French fries and burgers, they are also in foods like baked goods. So that would be like muffins, cookies, donuts, cakes, frozen meals, pizza, box foods, Think Hamburger Helper. I grew up on Hamburger Helper. I know all about Hamburger Helper. (laughs) Crackers. Many of these foods marketed towards children have these unhealthy fats. And then another example would be like Lunchables. Well, what can parents do? You know, I I can say firsthand as a parent, it does take more planning, more grocery shopping, um, and more time. But it's true. The benefits of nourishing your child's growing brain are worth the extra effort. Yes. Because it's. I know it's really tempting to just grab something pre-made like Lunchables. Yes. But they do have ingredients that are not healthy for kids' brains. They do have trans fats. Um, the meat is low quality and has nitrates, which have actually been linked to cancer. Yeah. Many store-bought prepared snacks like Lunchables can be made at home. Like the homemade Lunchables, you could get some crackers at the grocery store that do not contain bad fats. You know, avoid the crackers that have trans fats. So on the label, that will be labeled as hydrogenated oils or partially hydrogenated oils. Avoiding soybean oil, sunflower oil, corn oil, and canola oil. Some of my favorite brands for crackers that do not have those fats are rice crackers. One brand is Sesmark. Yeah, that's a good one. Or I don't know if you've seen the Nut Thins, Leah, the, yes. by Blue Diamond. They have yeah. a bunch of different flavors. And they're they're great. Those are great. They don't mm-hmm. have the bad fats. So take some healthy crackers. You can cut up your own nitrate-free deli meat and cut up your own, like, cheddar or mozzarella cheese. Yeah. And there you have your own healthy version of Lunchables. Yeah, that's great. And nitrate-free deli meat is easy to find, too. 
A common brand that's even now sold at Super Target and at Trader Joe's is called Applegate Farm. And, uh, you know, other, you know, other ways to give your child healthy fats are to slice up some of their favorite vegetables like carrots, cucumbers, cherry tomatoes, sliced peppers, and, you know, either make a a guacamole or you can buy pre-made kinds like holy guacamole. I love holy guacamole. Um, They have a very convenient pack. I think it's called their snack pack. That you could put an individual serving into um, a lunch and use that one serving, so you're not opening up a whole pack of guacamole right. or making it doesn't a get batch. bad. Then. Yeah, because that's the problem. Sometimes you can't get through it before it goes mm-hmm. bad. Um, and avocados and guacamole are wonderful healthy fats. A lot of kids also like olives, which yeah, are healthy my, fats. Oliver loves. Uh, he begs for olives. Does he? Yes. He Olivia does. likes olives too. <laughs> Parents can take make a plate of like cut up nitrate free deli meat. Yeah, chunks of cheese, olives, and fruit. It's like an hors d'oeuvre tray for the little ones. Yeah, it's great. Or you know, t- I'm sure teenagers would love that too. Olivia loves all those foods. Um, sometimes for the younger ones, like our kids, presentation is yeah. everything. Like putting toothpicks in it or making a face on the plate. That's right. And they want to participate a little bit more. Something like finger foods, things they can play. Yeah, with exactly. A little bit. Yeah. And I have clients who will pack a cooler of lunch for their child with cubes of cut up turkey, cubes of cheese or cheese stick, fruit, yeah. veggies, and dip, That's and great. olives. That's you know, great. those are great to go foods That's for great. lunch or snack. Well, guess what? It's break time, time again. Break? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Thanks, Leah. (laughs) Um, Before we go to break, I just want to quickly tell you about a Nutrition for Weight Loss series that's coming up. We actually have several series at five of our office locations. Wow, coming up this week. Yeah, coming up this week. It's their 12-week series that meet once a week for an hour. It's really informative and interactive. You're going to leave with the knowledge to support your body with long-term healthy weight loss. 95% of participants report an improvement in health. So when we come back from break, Leah will give you the dates, times, and locations. And our number for the studio is 651-641-1071 if you have a question today. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Leah Wetzel, and I'm here with Carl Carper. And as Carper talked our Carver talked about before we went on break about our Nutrition for Weight Loss series um, coming up this next week in the next couple of days. And we have plenty of convenient options for you on Monday night in YZ, Tuesday night in North Oaks. We have two series in St. Paul starting on Wednesday, and one is over the lunch hour and the other is in the evening. And Thursday, we have a lunch hour series in Lakeville. And on Friday, there's a morning series in Maple Grove. So lots and lots of options all across the Twin Cities. Check out our website for exact times and addresses at weightandwellness.com. Or you can also give us a call at our office with questions to sign or to sign up to. And that's 651-699-3438. So, Cara, we have a caller. Oh, great. Good morning, Kathy. You have a question today about coconut milk? Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for calling. I know that, I know that uh, canned coconut milk you know, has lots of good fat in it. It's yeah. good for smoothies, and we use it for that. I'm just curious, being dairy-free, and my, my grandchild is dairy-free as well, is there much nutritional value in 
the coconut milk that you buy in the carton, like you know, right next to the milk section in the grocery store. I've been buying that, and I, I like it, but, you know, a, a big glass of coconut milk, you know, if that was several times a day, I mean, is that is there very much nutritional value in that? And um, then would a glass of that coconut milk in a carton, would that be considered a good fat if you were trying to balance? I know that milk isn't something that, you folks recommend all day long, you yeah. know, even non-dairy folks. Yep. So I was just kind of curious. I suppose almond milk kind of goes along with the coconut milk. Same, yeah. More protein and the rice, in the almond milk. Yeah, and the in the carton rice milks too. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I'm glad that you really like the canned coconut milk. I kind of often steer people in that direction because it's it's not a lot of additives to it. It's it's pretty mm-hmm. basic. Um, and you're getting a lot of, you know, a lot of value of that really healthy fat. And it has a lot of antifungal, antibacterial, antimicrobial properties, too. Um, the carton coconut milks, you know, I would, I, I think they're okay to use in moderation. I, my big stink about them is some of the preservatives that they add to the the those carton coconut milks, which are also found in the, the uh, almond milks and the rice milks. Um, and, oh, okay. and so I think in using it in moderation, like, uh, you know, it may be as to add a little bit more volume to a protein smoothie. If you're not adding in milk and you know, you wanted, you know, a, you know, a thinner shake, I often, that's mm-hmm. what I, you know, tell clients to kind of use it as that, um, and try to get the, uh, the plain one if yes, you can, the unsweetened. The unsweetened. cause they, the flavored ones like the vanilla and chocolate can be pretty high in sugar actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because when I started reading the carton, I thought, you know, yes, there really isn't. That there's not much to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's not a yeah. lot of fat. I think so, there's in a in eight ounces. There's probably about less than five grams yes. of fat. Yeah, so, I think it's like two point five. And I think for 2. some 5. reason, just okay. psychologically, yeah. I thought, oh well, it's coconut milk and coconut. Mm-hmm. Milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I often for like for like a smoothie, I often suggest to do both. If you're gonna use that can or the the carton coconut milk, you still want to have that fat base to it too. So adding the the canned coconut milk or some other, you know, added fat to it. Um, because not enough, yeah, you're like you, not enough fat, not enough fat, yeah. not enough carb, not enough protein. There's not much to it. Good question I would, though. I like a lot, a lot of people probably have that question. So thanks for your call. Thank you. All right. Oh, did she get cut off? Sorry yeah. about that. That's right. <laughs> no. So before break, we were talking about just healthy fats for kids, like olives, avocados, yes. things like that. And, you know, yogurt, you had said whole milk yogurt. That's right. best, and it really just depends on, there's so many yogurts out yeah, there. Yeah, because there can be good yogurt, healthy yogurt, or there can be unhealthy yogurt, too. And it all depends on which one that you buy. So instead of buying that low-fat yogurt that it, you know that is flavored with vanilla or strawberry, remember that flavored yogurts have as much sugar as as per ounce as soda does. That's pretty remarkable. That's a lot of sugar. Um, and to get the full fat plain yogurt and top it with berries. And, if, you know, if kids have become accustomed to the sweet flavor of yogurt and don't really like plain yogurt, you can compromise and you could do half flavored yogurt to start and then half plain and still top it with the berries that they love. And, mm-hmm. and so what I, I talk with clients about is this and slowly adjusting them so then they maybe do a quarter of the flavored and then more of the plain and and they'll adjust. Their, mm-hmm. their, their taste, taste buds will, will change. Yep, yeah, that's right. And um, they'll come to like the plain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so those are just a couple ideas to get you thinking about what to how to get healthy fat into your child's diet. And we're going to have more ideas. Yes. But let's get back to the fact that 60% of the brain is fat. Yes. Um, can you explain, Leah, or expand on what type of fat makes up the brain? Sure. So 15 to 20% of the brain uh, of the fat in the brain comes from DHA, which is an omega-3 fat. Foods that are high in DHA will specifically help the children's brain and eye development. The retina of, in the eye is mostly made up of DHA, so almost like 90%. Right? It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, over 50% yeah. now. Omega-3 fatty acids are really the most important building blocks for a healthy brain. Yes. But in the last 150 years, we've definitely seen a change in our nation's fat intake in the type of fat. That's right. So the processed omega-6 oils like corn, soy, sunflower, canola, safflower oil have replaced the healthy omega-3s coming from fish and wild game. The ratio of American consumption of omega-6 to omega-3 used to be about one and one. And now it's estimated that we are getting anywhere from 20 to 40 times more omega-6 oils compared to omega-3 oils. I've read that up to 95% of our population, this is all ages, are deficient in omega-3s. And we know that low low levels of omega-3s are linked to depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety, learning, and behavioral disorders. So children do need more omega-3 fats than they are currently getting. Yeah, definitely. And foods that are high in omega-3s are cold water fatty fish like salmon, sardines, and herring. Eggs are rich in omega-3. Organic eggs will give you about 100 milligrams of DHA, which is an omega-3. Here's a great quote from Sally Fallon Morell. She wrote in an article in, it's called Nutrition and Mental Development Mm -hmm. in 2011. So she wrote... The yolk is the most important part of the egg. You can throw away the whites if you want to. (laughs) And the whites tend to be the allergenic part anyway, not the yolks. So that's her quote. Um, I know a lot of people who actually eat the whites and throw away the yolks. But the yolks have that nutritious omega-3 DHA. That's right. And the yolks also have choline for memory. Yeah, lots of nutrition value in that yolk. Yes. Great quote, why egg yolks are the best part. Mm -hmm. Sally (laughs) Fallon has been a huge advocate for healthy fats and is the founding president of Weston A. Price Foundation. So another good source of omega-3 fatty acid is grass-fed meat. So meat from cows that eat grass will have higher omega-3s than cows that are fed corn or soy. The corn and soy-fed cows, we would call that more conventionally raised meat, Yes, have they're going to have more of those omega-6 fatty acids. Those are the ones that we're already getting too much of in our diets. That's right. And the foods we mentioned are all great to include in our children's diets, but typically kids are not getting enough of these omega-3 fatty acids in their food uh, to support their brain fat. Kids and teenagers often do need an omega-3 supplement. Yes. Um, DHA is an omega-3, and it mimics the fat in the brain. So we recommend this, especially if the child has some of the issues that we've been talking about with, you know, whether it is mood-related, behavior-related, learning, or issues with attention or focus. That's right. And there's some powerful research on kids and DHA. Here's one study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in 2010 
Boys ages 8 to 10 took 400 to 1,200 milligrams of DHA per day for eight weeks and had significantly improved um, areas of the brain associated with attention. And so after, you know, this study is kind of long. I'm going to summarize a little bit. But the, yeah. they did MRIs of yeah. their brains after taking the supplement. And the levels of DHA dramatically increased. And the brain was... There was improved activation in the part of the brain linked to attention. So it's, this is a really important study because a hallmark sign of ADHD is abnormal development of that area of the brain. Interesting. So taking the DHA supplement made a really big improvement with attention and focus. That's right. And we recommend 200 to 400 milligrams of DHA per day for healthy, for healthy children but, you know, with no signs of brain-related problems, <clears throat> higher doses are often needed if there are issues going on. In these cases, we often recommend 400 to 1,200 milligrams, depending on the child's age and specific health condition. And DHA comes in soft gel or liquid form. The yes. purest form is a vegetarian form That's made right. from algae. Yes. Some kids will take this as liquid right from the spoon or from the dropper. Uh, We have a liquid form at our office of DHA with a dropper. Each milliliter of dropper is almost 300 milligrams of DHA. Yeah. Uh, But we also know that older children can usually swallow our soft gels. Which is pretty small. It's not very big. Yeah, they're they're pretty easy to swallow. They're 200 milligrams of DHA per soft gel. That's great. Well, it's break time again, Cara. All right. (laughs) Well, you were listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And just want to say something I saw on the news yesterday that... The FDA issued an ultimatum last August that food manufacturers had one year to make sure any gluten-free products met FDA requirements. Um, Well, that deadline is up now this August. So to use the gluten-free label, products must now have an undetectable level of gluten. They can't have any ingredients containing wheat, rye, barley or any other gluten which derivatives totally which, makes sense which makes sense yes. so um but i thought that was interesting and because it used to be able to have some detectable level right so i was very happy to yeah read this information that's right so when we come back from break um leah is going to tell you uh, something that's coming up our radio show related to gluten and we'll be back in just a minute We all strive to have healthy, glowing skin, but hormones, diet, medications, and stress can sabotage our best efforts. Remember when you thought you would outgrow acne only to have it reappear? Is your skin getting drier and prone to rashes and irritation? Your skin is the largest organ in your body and often the most neglected one. Aging is inevitable, but the right nutrients can help your skin stay healthy and resilient as you age. Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how to eat to create radiant, healthy skin and avoid aging prematurely. They help clients with eczema, rashes, acne, and other skin problems. Learn which foods protect and nourish your skin, along with why essential fatty acids are critical. Call Nutritional Weight and Wellness to schedule an individual consultation at an office that's convenient for you. Their nutritionist will create a personalized eating plan that nourishes your skin from the inside out. For information on consultations, call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. That's 651-699-3438 or weightandwellness.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you today by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Leah Wetzel, and I'm in the studio today with Kara Carper. We are talking about foods that nourish and support your child's brains. 
whether they are infants or all the way up to teenagers. Before break, Cara mentioned that the FDA is now requiring that foods labeled gluten-free must now have undetectable levels of gluten as of August 2014, which is fantastic news. And to learn more about how gluten can affect people negatively in different ways, tune into our show next week and we'll talk about the connection between gluten and depression. So, Cara, we have more callers. Okay, All right. let's take the caller. Helen, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about fats in meat? Yes, I do. Um, when you're buying uh, ground beef or ground turkey, yeah. is it they, they have the 85% and then they have the more fat-free in 90-some percent. Um, which is better to buy, and also in um, chicken breasts, I usually cut the fat off. Now, is is that the way to do it, or what? You know, Helen, that's a great question. Um, here's how I explain it when I'm teaching classes and working with clients. I think Leah does the same yeah, thing. Yeah. But if it's a good quality, it, if the animal has been raised organically and pasture-fed or grass-fed, um, it you know, having a fatty cut of meat is fine and eating like the chicken skin is fine. If the chicken was out running around and not in an unhealthy environment. Um, so if you if you're buying more organic pasture raised meats and poultry, I don't think it matters. I think it's fine to eat the skin yep. and get the fattier cut like the 85 percent. Now, if it were me and I was buying more of a conventionally raised animal fed corn and soy, I probably would go with the leaner mm-hmm. and maybe not eat the skin. That's right. Does that make sense? Yes. Does Thank that help you. out? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, thanks for yep, your thanks, question. Thanks for your call. Great. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about the importance of DHA, and I just wanted to say that pregnancy during pregnancy and then also if the mom is nursing – these are two really important times. Yes, I think where it's necessary to supplement with DHA. Yep. Um, if ninety-five percent of our population is deficient, um, this is a time when moms will become more deficient because the the fetus is actually going to take the mom's supply of DHA. That's right. Um, and you know, moms might suffer more anxiety and depression if if the baby's taking all their DHA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Leah, I think, supplemented with 600 milligrams I did. throughout pregnancy. Yep. I think I did 400 milligrams. And nursing, too. And during nursing, yeah. because then you're passing on that DHA to the baby through breast milk. Yep. And then also you're not, the mother's not going to be depleted. And then the baby is going to get that DHA for brain growth. Yep. Um, if a mom is not nursing and giving the baby formula, I think it's also important to get the baby 100 milligrams of DHA mm-hmm. in the bottle yep. to make sure that their brain is supported. So Great the bottom line, yeah, is that deficiency in DHA can lead to a deficiency in brain function yeah, for and, mother or baby. And interesting enough, in Asian cultures, they have known this for the benefits of the brain building that DHA can provide Um and in Japan, students frequently take DHA supplements before they take exams. And Dr. Michael Schmidt dives into the topic of fatty acid deficiencies in his book, Brain Building Nutrition. Mm-hmm. And he cites research that shows how dietary fats and oils affect mental, physical, and emotional intelligence. 
1996, Purdue University published a study on 96 boys. Yeah, and the study found that the boys who are at lower level omega-3 fats in their blood were more, had more learning and behavioral problems than those that had normal levels. The most common behavioral problem included ten- temper tantrums, impulsivity, anxiety, hyperactivity, and conduct. There are other fat-soluble vitamins that are really important for kids and teens' brain development. You know, our brain cells have receptors for vitamin D and for vitamin A. Mm -hmm. And particularly, low vitamin D can affect the ability to focus, learn, and problem-solve. And observational studies have found that children born to mothers who consume vitamin D had reduced symptoms of autism. And Sally Fallon, we talked about her. She's the president of Weston Price Organization. She actually says that vitamin A is the most important vitamin women need for forming a baby Mm -hmm. and the baby's brain, especially in that first trimester. Yeah, and human studies indicate that vitamin A is important for planning and completing tasks. If we have time today, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I'm not quite sure we're running out of time. We only have a couple minutes left (laughs) here. But yeah, Dr. Weston Price, he wrote an amazing book. It's called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Mm Mm-hmm. After traveling to several traditional cultures, what he found is that these traditional societies that were eating healthy fat, so they were eating foods that were high in vitamins A and D and high in omega-3s, really, Leah, they had no brain-related issues. Yeah, that's great. So these people had no mental illness, behavioral problems, no depression, no anxiety, no issues with learning or focus. There's a lot more details um, than we, you know, if we, there are a lot more details if we do have time, but I don't think we do, yeah. unfortunately, from in his book and the research on fat-soluble vitamins for the brain. Um, but we often recommend supplementing in cod liver oil to get these important fat-soluble vitamins for brain health. So you're getting that vitamin A in cod liver oil and vitamin D as well with it. And I give Olivia the DHA that we were talking about, but I also give her cod liver oil. Yes, and I give Oliver that too. You do? Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's supporting, you know, we're we're giving them the omega-3s. Yes. And we're also giving them the vitamins A and D from the cod liver oil. Yes. My grandmother actually gave my mom and her siblings cod liver oil, so she knew what she was doing back then. That's right. (laughs) And some foods containing high amounts of vitamin A and D, such as cold water, fatty fish, egg yolks, dairy products coming from pastured cows. Just like omega-3s, people are typically not getting enough of these foods for adequate levels of vitamin A and vitamin D. And that's another reason why maybe the cod liver oil is good for supplementation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in so many, like 75% of our population is deficient in vitamin D. That's right. Including children. Yep. So we recommend supplementing with vitamin D even to infants, 400 yep. to 1,000 international units. Yep. I gave Oliver 400. That, and I did as well. Mm-hmm. I gave Olivia 400. And then when she turned one, I started giving her 1,000. Yep. The American Academy of Pediatrics doubled their recommendation of how much vitamin D infants should have, you know, they used to say 200, yeah. but they did increase that to 400. Um, and that was after studies showed that one in five formula-fed infants, only one in five were getting enough vitamin D. Wow. And only one in 20 breastfed infants were getting enough vitamin D. That's great. So, yeah. yeah. So that's a good point to why we need to help increase that amount. And as we said, like, so you give them, give Olivia no more like a thousand. A thousand, yes, since she turned one. Yeah. Yeah. Because they need more as they get older. 
Yeah. As kids get older, you know, they may get more from being in the sun. Yep. Like if they're in the sun for 20 minutes with no sunscreen. Yes. Yep. Or if they're eating more vitamin D containing foods. So like egg yolks. Yep. Fish, grass fed meat. Yep. But the average child is still going to be deficient. And um, as they get older, what, what would your recommendation be for... You know, I would say that depends, but ranging anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 IUs most of the time. You know, and as adults, we need at least 4,000 IUs. And some children that are adult size may need, like, a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's time to wrap up the show. I just want to thank you all for listening. Um, And just to give you some tips on supporting your child's brain. Please give them full-fat foods and not low-fat. Make sure the fats are pure and healthy. And consider supplementing with DHA and vitamins A and D. We hope you have a wonderful weekend and tune in next week. Thanks Thanks. for listening. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.